Weird Norfolk is a magical collection of the unusual and inexplicable in the county. From folklore to ghosts, witchcraft to natural wonders, magic to enchanted places, we tell the kind of stories you share on dark nights around a campfire. I'm Stacia Briggs and I write Weird Norfolk. And I'm Shifa Connor and I curate Weird Norfolk. Welcome to Weird Norfolk and this is our kind of the second part of our Higham special, special. and we've moved from our tumulus <laughs> to a bench because it started absolutely tipping it down with rain. It feels quite magical at the moment yeah. because we're under a big tree and the rain isn't that bad. I can feel that swiftly this could become non-magical. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear the rain, it's lovely. really hope you can. Can you hear it? We can. We can. And we're sitting opposite, we've moved so we're now sitting opposite the tower, which we were talking about in the last episode. And I can see the pigeons all smushed up together trying to get out of the rain. The gargoyles. They're so cute. I really, really love pigeons. You do, don't you? Yeah, I've got pigeons in the garden. You are a pigeon fancy. Yeah. I'm, I'm aiming to be, I don't know if you've ever seen Mother Pigeon yeah. in New York. I'm aiming to be... We had one in Norwich, didn't we? I think she passed I away. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be the new Mother Fantastic. Pigeon of Norwich. The bird woman. I went to Gifford Circus at the weekend and they had an act involving doves, I think, not Aww. pigeons. But it was incredible and I suggest you all Google it immediately. It was a chap who, who makes birds do his bidding. Aww. That could be you. I would. I, the pigeons aren't, like, they're not that friendly. I've managed to get one to eat out of my hand, <gasps> which is very exciting. But they're still quite jumpy. So, it's not a small project. No. This is, you know, invest. I've called one of them cheeks because it's got like little white patches on its cheeks. And the other, there's another one which I've called Cleopatra because she's got like <laughs> black eyeliner coming. Oh no, she's really like dark coloured and then she's got white eyeliner coming Aww. off the edges. I'm sure you're all very interested in I've me got and my bats pigeons. In my garden. That's quite exciting. That is quite exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. sorry. I, I won't go through all the pigeon names I've given Maybe them. Maybe next time. <laughs> Have you seen any pigeons on Disney Plus or? Mm. No. Oh dear, let you down. For Sorry, the first I will, time. I'm sure I'll find a Disney Plus uh, angle. <laughs> Don't you worry. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a really interesting story. So mm. last week we were talking about the Hyam, the horror of Hyam and the ghost. Well, this is another ghost story that might have come off the back of this. The, the yeah, follow-up actually because we were so for the follow-up we went into a little bit more detail about the area of you know we mentioned hangman's lane we, that was that was it yeah we mentioned hangman's lane and a resident of that area contacted us just out of the blue and said i used to live very close to there and i had lots and lots of weird stuff happen in my house do you want to hear the was, story she was not wrong no and we were like, yes, we want to hear the story. Yes. So obviously um, we haven't named the house. We, we know which house it is, but we haven't shared that because people still live in it. She doesn't live in it anymore. She's moved no. out. But we obviously didn't want to freak people out. And we've changed her name because she wanted to be anonymous, which is completely understand. You know, that's reasonable. We're we more than happy. in the business of ruining people's lives. No, we just want to share really good stories, yeah. basically. So I thought for this episode, we'll kind of read through the story in the way that she tells it, yeah. and we'll just kind of 
we'll see what happens. Freestyle. We'll just see what happens. Jazz. <laughs> I wanted you to do some jazz noises then. I am in my head. <laughs> if that helps. So, to start with, the house in question is an unremarkable Victorian te- terrace close to the crossroads formed by Old Palace Road, Deerham Road and Highham Road. Our story spans 20 years and begins when Jill, not her real name, brackets, brackets, bought the house near Durham Road with her husband. She was seven months pregnant when she moved in with her husband. Jill had fallen in love with the Victorian terraced house and she was very excited to move in. It wasn't long before paranormal activity would begin. Jill's daughter had arrived and the family had fallen into a new routine when strange things started to happen. And didn't they? Yes, they did. Obviously, the first thing to note is the stuff started happening at a time of high emotion when there was a new... Yeah, and it was a daughter, and girls are far more I mean, likely to attract... Yeah, I mean, she was a baby at the time, so it maybe probably... She's, maybe she's a very hormonal baby. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not usually till teenage years, no. is it? So oh, 11 but, but we don't know how old Jill was. No. So it could, she could have been young, young herself, couldn't mm-hmm. she? We don't actually know that. It began with slamming doors and footsteps on the stairs, usually at night, normally at precisely 2.50am when the alarm clock set for 7am would ring. As the years passed, the strangeness inside the house built up. After the breakup of her marriage, Jill and her daughter remained in the house alone. Oven timers and lights would switch themselves off. Items of laundry would be removed from the bottom of the pile and thrown on the floor. Jill would be sitting on her sofa and it would feel as if someone was banging into it from behind. Glass star- storage jars flew from the shelves. Toys and buttons appeared to fly from the air as if thrown. As if thrown, The piano played on its own. One night, Jill's daughter came to ask her, Mummy, why do you keep coming up and, down- coming up and downstairs and slamming the door? I mean, yeah. so that's like all of that and that seems is... to all so she doesn't actually tell us that much that happened during when she was there with her husband no so it was like just that the two the alarm clock going off at the same time every day even though it was set yeah and later on i think she does say they did buy new alarm clock because this that continued happening all, all the way all through. the way through yeah. and anything that did happen would happen at that time or a lot of it although it did also happen in daylight it happened yeah. you know and i think she was very particular when I when she gave us this story and I took the notes she'd written and I made it into our story and because I don't want people to be surprised or upset by what I've written and because I was putting her words into mine I sent it to her for copy approval which mm-hmm. we're not allowed to do and we're supposed to not do and I do very rarely it's only very special occasions yeah. that you would do um, and she was very particular about the part about the sofa and the banging Mm -hmm. and how it was from it kind of wasn't on the sofa it was kind of banging behind the sofa and I'm fairly sure from what I can work out that that possibly might have been where the understairs cupboard was Mm -hmm. which turns out to be an area of 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 problematic nature Mm. so she said it was really very strong this banging and they would be sitting there I mean, can you even imagine? I mean, if it was mine, I'd just assume it was the boiler, to be fair, because that does bang, Mm-mm. unless it is a poltergeist. It's really, I think, yeah, the thing is, with this sort of case, I think you would know if it was the, you know, you would know if it was the boiler. 
Well, I think if your alarm's coming off in the middle of the night, if you're hearing footsteps and, uh, you know, it's, it's not just one thing, is it? Yeah, you unless it, there's so much... So, another incident with her little girl it says, while on another occasion, the little girl told her that she heard a voice in the bathroom saying, here you are, and then when she turned around, expecting to see her mother, no one was there. Yeah. Yeah, it's... <sighs> I mean, the little girl kind of says quite a lot doesn't she or, or she, there's quite a lot that involves her yeah that in itself would scare me because it's just I don't know if it's you and you know she's the mother of a young very young child mm. I'm not saying you go mad but are you living there on your own noises do seem strange if you're on your own yeah. don't they yeah. shadows look different when you're on your own the dark looks different everything looks different and I can see how you that would be even more heightened if you had your kid there with you. Yeah, because children do say weird things, Yes, don't they? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't have children, so I've not experienced it, but I have friends who have had children, and they're like, oh, my daughter said this. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, really? Uh, and we've done <laughs> stories about kids that have had entire conversations. I mean, we've come across loads, haven't we? Mm. I think at some of our live events, we've had people yeah. who've said that, you know, they had whole conversations. We had the... Was it in, I can't remember where it was, the, was it in Yarmouth area where there was the girl who didn't want the poltergeist to move out and they exercised uh, it? Uh, was that this? Yes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And somebody who had whole conversations and was interviewed much later on and yeah. remembered this chap yeah. who had had kind of been her friend who was yeah, and she there. Yeah, she didn't, I don't know, it's, it's quite unnerving when there's children involved in it because I think as well, children... It's really hard because they have amazing imaginations, but also I don't know why they'd make this stuff up. No. Like something. Whenever I come across it, it often seems like they're just going. It's just a normal, a normal thing. thing. It's, a it's not like, or, oh my gosh, I saw this and this yeah. and this. It's just like, oh, I just so and so was in the garden, and you're like, who I is so and so? If they're very young, <laughs> it's it's easier to believe them. Whereas when they're older. I know you, you kind of look at stuff like the Enfield haunting mm. and the poltergeist that was at Enfield. And I know that the lady who experienced most of that was a teenage girl at the time. Mm. And no one believed her. No. And it's easier not to believe a teenager because, you know, I'm not being, I'm, you know, I'm. it seemed very strange what was going on there and other witnesses. But teenagers are more knowing because they've been around longer, haven't yeah. they? Whereas yeah. if a child tells you they've seen something and, and, and it's quite obvious that they're reporting it as fact, not as a kind of, mm. you know, then I saw a hippopotamus or, you know, it's more Yeah, I guess with the teenagers, there's a, a, a kind of an always a, are they just doing this to get attention? Whereas like very young children, it just doesn't seem like something. Or, they that, would... or that they're reporting it in order to make you go, <gasps> or, yeah. or as a kind of, and this For happened. a reaction. It's not drama. It's just fact. Yeah. It's like, this has just happened. Mm. Um, we talked about the alarm clocks going off. So over time, they actually bought three different alarm clocks and every single one of them would do exactly the same thing. So it wasn't a fault with the actual original alarm clock. But weirdly, one night, Jill thought she heard someone digging in the garden in the early hours. And another time, she heard a tremendous banging noise outside at 3 a.m. So it feels like this kind of time around 3 a.m. is quite significant it does and i think you know we're, we're going to get to it later but um this was an area that maybe we'll get to that later well we can well so this was an area where 
suicides um, at a time when it was considered to be against God's will mm. and you know sadly people were not given a proper burial if they if they took their own lives they would be buried in these in in at crossroads well it's interesting because we were talking in the last episode how this area at one time was actually very i say very quite remote yeah and higham street was known as hangman's lane yeah and so it was a remote area which would tie in people who were criminals or who have taken Mm. their own lives were buried away from everyone else at crossroads which is now it's hard to comprehend that because we're in such a busy area mm. whereas actually it wasn't the exact sort of place that they would have buried and people. just up the road from well there's two things just up the road but but one of them in particular that's up the road that kind of makes sense on the the hangman's lane it's not talking about people who take their own life that's in reference to the fact that at the at, in 1826 at the end of St. St Giles Street in Higham Hamlet which is now the present-day junction between Unthank and Earlham Road, and it's where the Catholic Cathedral is standing Ah. now. It was the Norwich House of Correction and, separately, the city jail. The two merged in 1838. Whenever we talk about the jail, it blows my mind that there was a jail there. I'm going to write about this. I found a whole article on it. Ah, good. And I found uh, an image of it as well. I was just about to say, I've never even seen a picture of it. So I I found one the other day. I can't like. It looks like a cartwheel. It looks like a. It looks like a wheel. Um, I know this is where Martha Sheward's mm-hmm. murderer is also buried underneath mm. the Catholic cathedral. That's it. Because when you say the prison, you think mousehole, don't yeah. you? So, this was where the prison was between the castle and mousehole, mm. and there was a treadmill there. There were 120 prisoners. They had to work to grind corn, and there was a condemned cell where people who were going to be hanged were kept and when they were hanged apparently although i have not been able to find this officially but certainly anecdotally they were buried at the crossroads on hangman's lane so i wonder how many people are buried there lots, do, you think lots? do you think it was more burials for the prison than suicides yes then? i do because i think that i would imagine if this 3am banging that jill heard outside if that was a burial and she kind of likened to me that banging noise as being pretty much the top of a coffin or Mm. something being banged down i would imagine that would be a suicide because you would be ashamed and you would bury them under the cover of darkness while no one could see you so i don't think that you would do those that the executed that they would do that at any point because that's you know one thing i I say the only problem like i have no doubts that jill had lots of experiences here the outside one is a really hard one because i live in the city center i mean i was telling you about last night we have all sorts of shenanigans going on outside so you do hear bangs and shouts and voices and yeah outdoor stuff is a bit i find a bit harder to digging in the garden well do you know what you say that they're forever digging graves around no but we have hedgehogs Mm. and they we have pebbles in our garden and the hedgehogs turn so there are weird noises it could have been a cat having a a bathroom (laughs) break (laughs) i have that incident going on in my my garden that digging is far more yeah i know but i know i'm not because i 
I believe that she had experiences. She's, I'm just trying to be like a rational thing for the outside. This is an older lady who had no reason to tell yeah. us this. No gain. No. No publicity because she's not named. No. Um, I think she just trusted us with yeah, and her And it's like story, literally everything else in it that she says, I, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah it's just the outside stuff. It's harder. And it's I, a harder to control environment. I suppose isn't it? we should just quickly say, just in case you don't know, we've mentioned it many times before, but. Um, since medieval times these burials at crossroads were carried out due to this belief that mm. they were kind of these uneasy boundaries between unclaimed lands where the supernatural yeah. reigned so therefore you would it would be a penance wouldn't it it would yeah. be you are trapped because there, you have yeah you're trapped here absolutely yeah. and it was you know dark times suicide considered a grave mortal sin and tantamount to deliberate self-excommunication from the church. Which is so sad that, like... It's awful. Yeah, really sad. Because oh. these people were so much more religious than we are yeah. now. And so to them, that was, like, the worst. Yeah. So if somebody was feeling that terrible to take their own life... To then be further punished. To then punished. be further punished. You know, they... It just... I don't know. We've got it's a... Really we've got a record, haven't we? A, a Norfolk coroner's record notes that in August 1794... John Stimpson, a Norwich porter, hanged himself and the coroner ordered that he was buried at the crossroads of St. Benedict's Road and St. Benedict's was the name for what is now Deerham Road. So St. Benedict's oh. continued... Oh, so it went all the way along? All the way along. Okay. So, so we have proof that that happened and that's just one record. Yeah. And, you know, there will be hundreds of those records. So underneath, the bit where you've got Tesco Metro and yeah. all the billboards... <laughs> And the, uh, is it somebody who does, I don't know, eye care or osteoth, oh, I don't know, there mm. are many mm. people. And that is literally I in mean, the area where this house is. Yeah, they also wouldn't have named it Hangman's Lane. No, that would have been it the, wasn't. yeah, that's like, the, yeah. So Jill, obviously because stuff had been going on for so long, she decided she would look into the history of the house a little bit. Yeah. Um, she discovered that a woman had died there. A Roman Catholic priest had lived at the premises, and that's when—that's the point that she found out where it was actually built. That it was very close to where these burials were. Um, she also found out that the house had been altered slightly, and the staircase had been moved um, to a new position, which left a, an uneven wall. Um, and this is the bit where you were saying where the sofa was. Yeah. So the sofa, I think, backed onto where that. Was that what you meant? It yeah, backed onto where the cupboard under the stairs was cupboard. her daughter's bedroom. Yeah. Her daughter, Jill, mm. told us that she said, My daughter said one day that she could hear scratching from the wall in her bedroom, which was the wall of the stair, sta wall where the staircase that had been altered was. Um, I had the builders in one day and I was meeting my daughter from school at 3 pm. And when I got back, he told me he'd seen me standing at the bottom of the stairs when I was out. Yeah. So that was it. It wasn't just Jill and her daughter that was experiencing. Actually, a lot of people who visited the house were experiencing. And we some did stuff. leave out quite a bit of detail, didn't we? Yeah. She there asked us. She told us some stuff, and then she asked us not to. No. Those those bits that she. We said. thought that it was probably better not to. I think oh, she would have been happy. Oh, do you it think? Was, it, I, we took the decision to... I like that you say we, yeah. and it wasn't it was me. me. I took the decision. <laughs> I don't know. To, there, was, there were parts where people had visited and then some really awful things had happened to them. Mm. And I just thought... It's it, not appropriate. It's, it's, it's appropriate to tell your story, but not appropriate to tell other people's stories. Mm. So there was a lot of mm. other evidence about 
some very bad things happening yeah, so to people. she believed that people um basically they fell victim to misfortune or illness as the build she believed it was cursed yeah like she thought this place mm. was cursed um one workman went bankrupt immediately after working on the property um and he jokes that somebody might be buried under the floorboards another workman badly hurt his back after falling off a ladder after his first day there um all sorts of stuff yeah they had i mean i'm looking here a flower pot placed on the floor had fallen from a wind windowsill and that had fallen completely upright with its contents still in mm. it yeah that's like placed basically yeah. isn't it, it um a sparrow fan flying in a room where all the windows were closed um while watching oh, this bit's yeah, a really gone. creepy oh. one. You, you read this bit. And while watching <laughs> TV one night, the announcer's voice faded away to be replaced by a childlike voice as though playing at being a ghost. Ooh. As the voice <laughs> echoed around the room, a black form flickered and the familiar feeling of the back of the sofa being repeatedly banged Ooh, by an goosebumps. unknown force was felt. <laughs> it does really centre around, like... I feel like it's something to do with under the stairs. Yeah, me too. Which is the worst, isn't I know. it? I know. And and the fact that the under the stairs was moved, it's yeah. almost like that's let something out. I know. I know it was moved before she lived there. But then it was out, wasn't it? But it was out. So something happened under that stairs. Yeah. What bit have you got? Oh, there you've got the hole in the ceiling. I like that bit. Yeah. So um, later on, a hole appeared in the ceiling as if someone or something had pushed a finger through from above. And a slipper that fell from Jill's foot in her bedroom just disappeared. To be fair, that happens to me quite a lot. I know. Do you know, although I was going to say that this is the kind of detail that for me makes it more true. So yeah. basically the anecdote is that she was, her and her daughter were about to go on holiday. They were packing their stuff up. They were both sitting on the bed, swinging your legs, as yeah. you do. One slipper flies off. You go to look for it and it's just gone. Totally gone. Fair enough, it could be that messy that it's gone. She said it wasn't. Mm -mm. But when she comes back, the slipper is exactly where it would have been if it fell yeah. off her foot. So she went away for a week and then... She said they searched for it. They absolutely searched because they couldn't you, believe it. Yeah, a slipper, if it falls off your foot, it's just going to... Yeah, and it's that kind of detail. It's that kind of mundane thing that you, if you were telling a terrifying ghost story and you were trying to make it true... You probably wouldn't mention the fact that a slipper fell off your foot and no. went missing. It would all be the childlike voice through the TV, wouldn't it? would it? all be that and the banging and the footsteps and the digging and the, the uh, you know, unexplained illness and death and, and all of that. It wouldn't be, and then my slipper fell off and I couldn't find it. But she was, that one for her was quite, like, it, it was almost like that one really summed up what was going on mm. that it would be these small things in addition to these weirder things mm. that you know that would freak you out wouldn't it if you yeah and especially you know, on if, top of if your shoe fell off now and it kind of you'd think it had gone under the bench and then, it and then you gone. looked and it wasn't there that is yeah, as that bad is, yeah, as, it, uh, as 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 kind of banging in, in, fact, the in the some ways that's even worse because then you're like is there something under the bench what and and you know again things under the stairs things under the bed these are our worst nightmares mm. yeah aren't they the more i think about it the more the thing under the there's something's been released from under yeah. the stairs but the the hole in the ceiling is a really weird one as well as if someone had pushed a finger through Oof. from above yeah because how yeah. there is no way that that would happen no there is no way it because you'd say... have had to get under the floorboards and mm. yeah no it is 
and again that's another really i mean I, I guess you start seeing things where they may not be and presumably if i had a podcast i would blame everything on it mm. you know it's like you, you probably who had the last of the peanut butter well oh, i didn't as a podcast yeah you probably had like become hyper aware sorry there's yeah. an ant crawling on me you probably become hyper aware of stuff don't yeah. you so so small things that the average person would brush off as oh, yeah weird. you're actually like well how has that happened yeah um so Jill had, um, she had a colleague who would, who attended a spiritualist church and she visited the house and as soon as she walked in, she felt an ice cold, she felt ice cold at the bottom of the stairs and refused to go near Jill's daughter's bedroom. The woman apparently felt compel- compelled to write a date on a piece of paper, which was July 14th. <gasps> next week. That's next week. Mm. Although it might be last week, depending on when we release this. Or a bit further along. Or a bit further. We don't For us, it's next week. Yeah. <laughs> and the word hanging, even though she knew nothing of the area's history and association with those who met an untimely end. Obviously, by the time this woman visited, it wasn't called Hangman's Lane anymore. So, unless she did do some research before she went, but... I don't know. When, later, when Jill had moved to a different house, the lady rang her to ask if it had come with her when she left the house. And Jill kind of finished on, only when I moved did I notice how different the atmosphere was. It felt like being on holiday compared with the heavy atmosphere of my previous house. We never found out what the date related to. I cannot explain what happened, only that it did, and hopefully it's still not happening to anyone else. I know it is. It's quite, it's quite spooky, isn't it? Yeah, and I think if she had made it, which I don't think she made it up, if she had, stuff would be happening in her new house as well. Yeah, because it'll be something that she wants. Because I mean, I, I was going to talk about this in a bit about how you know the difference between a ghost and a poltergeist, and I know that you like to tell people what the word poltergeist means, so I'm going to let you do that. Oh, it's noisy spirit. It is noisy spirit. So ghost activity so there's there's so many differences between them so ghost activity is known as a haunting poltergeist activity is a disturbance ghosts are the spirits of the deceased who refuse to leave the realm of the living poltergeists are forms of energy which a living person controls unknowingly ghosts just appear poltergeists make a bit of a fuss ghosts ghosts are seen poltergeists aren't ghosts said to be the passive souls of the dead poltergeists are the yeah that is through the television (laughs) Uh, poltergeists are aggressive souls of the departed ghosts are linked to a specific place poltergeists are not confined to mm. any particular so area that's interesting because we called it a poltergeist but mm. actually read, listening to that list of differences Is i wonder if it's more of a but some kind of spirit ghosts are not violent they might terrify you but they're not violent whereas mm. poltergeists are although it wasn't violent to her but it seems to be more it seems to do more doesn't it yeah I, I don't i guess ghosts you don't hear of them like moving stuff you would associate them moving like poltergeists will have enough energy to actually physically move stuff yeah, a ghost is is either a memory of something or like stone tape yeah, yeah like i think poltergeists have that kind of active kinetic energy mm. that can cause physical disturbance but it feels like the poltergeist is this this particular haunting is related to that house and not and not her yeah although it because we were saying it feels, I, I was saying, oh, it feels like it's been released from the movement of the stairs because obviously a lot of that sort of stuff happened around that area. If you think of famous poltergeist stories, it is linked to the house, not the family, isn't it? Mm. So you think about, 
you know, um, gosh, my mind is going blank. What's the famous the one Borley in America? Rec- oh, I was going to say Borley Rectory. That was Poltergeist, wasn't it? And, and it was, was linked the to the to the rectory. So, what is the famous one in America? You're thinking Amityville. Of? So Amityville yeah, is a Poltergeist, and that's the house. Not. Do you think it's something? So maybe it's like the there's an energy in the house which is unlocked by certain people. Yeah, I think it's fed by energy, isn't it? Yeah. Or, or, or certainly, so if, if that's if that's what the difference is, then it's unlocked by energy, and it's kind of, you know, I don't think that ghosts can kind of break. Or generally, mm. I don't think that people believe that that ghosts can break through to the physical realm no. in the same way as a poltergeist. So, it's, so the poltergeist energy may always be in that house, and it is there for some some reason. Whether there's been some kind of like. Ouija board shenanigans or like you know something has yeah some brought that happened. energy there and then certain people who live in that house like for me I I'm really interested in all this stuff but I am like I, nothing tries to contact me or anything you know it's like I'm like uh, well I told you that lady you who we do, interviewed like, yeah who we interviewed in particular picked up on the fact there was something on the, yeah. on the landing and whereas like i would never pick up anything like sometimes i get feel like it go oh it's a bit spooky here but you know i never get that feeling so if i lived in that house it's probably quite likely that the pulse i i wouldn't have the right kind of energy so it would have to take slippers before so, you notice. yeah it would have to like or do change the pretty channel dramatic when you're or, but even if it's even like the power the energy to give it enough form or anything i, I just don't have the right sort of energy for it Whereas if you're more Maybe open Maybe you've to not met the thing. right poltergeist yet, you know? Maybe. It's not you, it's them. Yeah. I don't Maybe. mind, like, I used to be a bit upset that I didn't, don't seem to be open to that sort of thing. Well, they've asked but you to leave seances well, before, haven't they? So they obviously know how strong you are. Yeah. And I just have different mess. kind of energies. Yeah. Uh, and, that is, and it's not the right kind of energy. that is fine. And the other thing I wanted to mention, which is nearby, um, is that Higham Hall was nearby Higham Hall um, is within a minute of where this house is or was and it was the Higham Private Lunatic Asylum oh um, I'm actually surprised there Stacia did actually tell me that in the car it's very good but well I done. didn't know good acting um, <laughs> it was never a really hall it was like a country house it was owned by a wealthy farmer called Mark Wilkes um, it became it became the, the private lunatic asylum in 1836. In 1854, it was the subject of some scandal when it was alleged that a Reverend Edmund Holmes, a well-known clergyman, had been wrongly admitted as a patient so that he could avoid a potential prosecution for a sexual offence. The case brought against the proprietor of the hospital fell through. Norwich magistrates didn't exactly cover themselves in glory. Um, and he was, yeah, so it, it kind of cast a shadow over the professionalism. Mm. The grounds were huge. They would have been up to where this I'm just wondering, was. would that have anything to do with the Higham ghost, which we talked about here? I don't, well, who knows? I mean, it, it, clo- it didn't close until 1960, this place. Mm. And it was demolished to make, play, to make way for the collection of flats that make up Dolphin Grove. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can still see kind of there are echoes of this all over that area there's like woodland that was in the park Mm -hmm. and the long footpath that leads from old palace road follows the exact line of the hospital's driveway the edges of the 
the entrance still protrude from the grass you enter from the road. Mm -hmm. So it's everywhere. And I mean, people we know are quite obsessed with asylums, aren't they? Mm. And, and you had one with people who were mentally unwell right next door. Mm. So there was a lot of kinetic energy in that yeah. area. You know, and and uh, and you never know. Some people who might have worked there might have lived in those terrace houses, yeah, and kind of brought some kind of energies back home with them. Mm. You don't know, do you? And we know poltergeists prefer to and tend to prefer women than men, which makes you wonder: was it the, the when her husband went? Well, it sounds like things got worse after he left. Yeah, like they they had stuff pretty much straight away as soon as the little their daughter was born. And then when he left, it got worse considerably. So, and as you say, emotional stress causes activity. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, this kind of built-up stress can unconsciously project mm. in the form of mental energy. But I yeah. think we have a lot more power in our minds than we realise. Yeah, I really do. That sounds it's like really like, mm. but I genuinely do you think get that. that on a fridge magnet. Yeah. Or a tea towel. <laughs> and I'll put it next to my live, love, laugh Thanks. sign in the house. I don't know. I just, it's so nice of Jill to like feel that she could share her story with us as well. I hope that anybody who deals with us and anybody who gives us their story is assured and then we follow through with if I say and if you say that we are not going to throw somebody under a bus, mm. then we don't. Yeah. Because it's not worth it. Because we don't want people to get ridicule. Uh, no. And we don't want people to feel afraid to share their really interesting stories with us. No, and we also don't want to kind of unleash some kind of demonic spirit that no. might come and take our slippers. No. From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant.